We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. You had the under last night on LeBron. Yeah, I had the under. How, how much How much of an idiot do you look like for having the under in that game? Is that not why no one would have bet it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got, to th- he got 36 in the third quarter. I mean, my theory was, as I'm doing a lot with betting these days, no one is betting the under last night. Yeah. So I'm going to bet the under. The line is there for a reason. They're not gonna. They're they're gonna know. Ninety nine percent are on the over. They'll the the books will know what the line should be. I'm gonna take the under, and then he had it by the third quarter. And it's just like, why did you ever bet the under? The whole game was basically just for him to get the the record. Yep. Right. Yep. It comes in a loss to the Thunder, but LeBron is now the all time leading scorer in NBA history. Watching him rain some threes here in the third quarter as they go, go through the recap. He hits it on a fadeaway. They stop the game. There was a funny clip I saw. Somebody posted online asking LeBron before the game, are you going to cry if you get the record? <laughs> and he said, no. Uh-huh. No, I'll, I'll cry if we win a championship. And then he broke the record, and he cried. Yeah. <laughs> so he said he wouldn't, but I guess he surprised himself there. Kareem was in attendance. Yep. So... That's cool, right? I mean, yep. That's that's nice to see. I mean, especially since those two have had a bit of a frosty relationship, I believe, yeah. in the past. Okay, but yeah, he was there and he was a part of the ceremony, right? Like the what, passing of the of the ball. Every time I see a, a, an old player like that, like Kareem at the game last night, mm-hmm. I bet at least in my head, in his head, he's thinking I could go out there and drop twenty right now. <laughs> <laughs> Kareem's like, put me in. Yeah. I'll put up 20 I right can, now. Who's going to stop that skyhook? <laughs> I, I can just do it real quick. Exactly. So, LeBron James, scoring king. And, uh, you know, there are, co- there are a couple things to come out of this. We've, we've got a big show for you today. Lots of guests, lots of stuff to get to. Joe Marino of the Draft Network is back. We missed him last week. He was at the Senior Bowl. So, excited to talk to Joe about the Senior Bowl and the offseason with the Bills. He's coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Paul Hamilton at 7 about the Dylan Cousins contract extension. And at 9 o'clock, Carrington Harrison, who covers the Chiefs. Uh, I've been on with him a bunch of times. I think he's been on with us before. You know, Bills, Chiefs, back and forth for these last couple of years. He's coming on at 9 to talk a little Super Bowl matchup of Chiefs-Eagles. But you retweeted a, a, a picture, and Evan, <laughs> Evan and I were talking about it uh-huh. in the in, you know before the show. The number of people with phones out to record right. this moment. It was... Everybody in the picture except Phil Knight, the, the founder of Nike, who was in the front row. Everybody else had their phone out. Everybody has their phone out, and they're recording presumably every single possession at that point. Because you know yeah. he's only a couple points away, so every time down the court, you're going to be filming that. Right, just in case 
that's the moment. Yep. But again, why? Why? Like, the video's going to be out there. Why do you need your... I guess, why do you need your own video so you could show your friends that... That's that's 100% it. That's the, right? That's the reason people do that. That's the reason you get your phone out is yep. to show your friends, I was here. And that's really it. Although... As opposed to... I mean, snapping a picture, I guess you're doing the same thing, right? You, you're right, holding it up. Exactly. The phones use everything. I have a tough time understanding it, too. Because I'm not that guy. I mean, I, I, am, I, I feel like you can sound like an old person if you're like, oh, these guys with their phones out. and like. Just, I know. But I just don't get it because like, I'm there to watch the game. If I want to see a video or a picture after the fact... It'll I'll be, have it readily available it, to me in yes. any form I want. It'll be available, and uh, don't you look around and see a thousand people within ten feet of you are also video, like they're filming I this. I would feel like an idiot. So, if, like, yeah. okay, I'll just get that guy's off of his TikTok or whatever. The or guy his... next to me, like, hey, can you send it to me? Yeah. Is that a move? Would that would, would that person do that? Yeah. Now, I am definitely on my phone too much. So I'm not about here you know, to talk about phone habits. Mm-hmm. I'm on my phone too much. If I'm on my phone at a game, it's because I'm on Twitter at the game and maybe seeing what people are saying about the moment more than I'm likely to be filming it. But the funny, I, I think the funny thing is, you t- so the picture you tweeted was from Randy Cruz. And Randy Cruz is, who is Randy Cruz? He is a co-CEO, basketball guy in the Bronx podcast. Anyway... There's a picture of Jordan taking a shot against the Jazz, which is his iconic shot to win game six of the finals in Utah. And there's LeBron hitting a shot that was over the thunder for the record. And he points out no phones versus all phones. Two important distinctions. One, I don't think in 1997 everyone had a phone. No, no. If everyone did they would all have them out again, right? What this is about is the invention of the personal phone that has taken over our lives. And if you are in the stands watching this game, watching LeBron, I, I guess everybody feels the need to be filming it. Is also... that's So that the other interesting thing about that tweet is what the shot is. LeBron is setting a record. Jordan is shooting for the title. Yeah. And those are... I mean, those Jazz fans in the crowd, those are Utah Jazz fans that are watching their team play in the NBA Finals, and they have, I think, never won a championship. Is that also not the reason why? Like, they're locked in, they're glued to the game, they don't have their phones out because this is the title game, like, season on the line? LeBron, it's, I mean, if he doesn't hit this one, well, I'll just hit the next one. Or he'll hit the next one after that. Right. It like was, if the, if the Bills or the Sabers were in a finals game in a championship game down the the stretch, no one's got their phone out, right? Right. But if well, you say that, but, but if Tage Thompson's going for the scoring record, then you got your phone. Then out. they've got their phone out. You say that, but one of my favorite videos. This is where I end up being a little bit torn on the issue about you know anybody filming the games. One of my favorite videos of the 0506 or 0607 Sabers is the 100 level grainy cell phone cam of Connolly tying game five against Drury. Sorry, Drury's tying game five against the Rangers. It's okay. electric. It's didn't even know that existed. Oh, you've got to see it. Okay. You, it'll because there's the broadcast and then there's being with the fans and this person has a phone at the game and they're filming, you know, Connolly takes a shot, comes back to Drury, he scores. And the arena goes nuts and you're you're transported into that spot where you're right there in the 100 level. 
Not everybody's got their phone out. And if, if everybody did have their phone out to record it, you probably wouldn't get the cheering because people are you know pressing stop, blah, blah. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it with the, with the sound. Because right. with the sound, it'll take you back to 2007 and what it was like to watch that team and watch them come back and win games. So I feel like there is a spot for it to get the crowd reactions. I'm not out here to shame anybody, but I'm with you. That That's not... The that's, fact that it's everybody. Everybody. Someone airdrop it to everybody else. Like, just you're fine. You're you were at the game. You don't need to prove it to anybody. Show them the yeah. the tick. Screenshot your ticket. One person per section can do that, and then airdrop it to the section. Yeah. Let's get the technology going so the rest of us can just watch games, concerts. I think it's even stranger. Like to do this hmm. at a, at a basketball game, to do this for an event like this. Fine concerts. Okay. Same thing. Definitely out. You're. What are we? What are we recording? We're recording something that everyone is seeing. Like everybody, you're 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 recording it. You're seeing a song played, and you're sending yeah. you're sending it to the people you love to let them know that you're there. Again, I understand all that. It's just it's odd. I think it's odd to tape more than a ten second window. I guess the de- the defense here is he's two points away. They probably didn't film every possession, not mm. every person. But it's weird. How many of those posts went on Instagram? Oh, every single one. These of were them. for Instagram, right? Every single one of when them. When I say show your friends, like I don't mean like, hey, check this out and like sh- show them physically on your phone. Maybe some people did that. Ninety nine percent of this was you wanted this for your Instagram story. Clout. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if we sound like old guys here. I know. <laughs> the reality is most of the people in this picture are probably older than us. Or at least my age. They're definitely older than you. Yeah, so there are, I mean, definitely some that are older than me. If you are scoring tickets to that game in L.A., I mean, you can certainly be younger than me. But still, I just think that, anyway, LeBron, congratulations to LeBron. The the phone's picture is one of the first things I saw this morning, and I think that kind of just speaks to a lot of people. I don't think it means society's ruined. I think, you know what I would be upset with? Also, I think I see Aaron Paul in the crowd here. We we could have drafted uh, celebrities that that would have been at that game yesterday. Phil Knight might have been a a gettable pick. Very, very good one. Uh, Again, he's the one person in the crowd that's, like, not on his phone. He's in the front row. I'm trying to see, is there anybody in this section that doesn't have their phone up? Because one thing that would be annoying, like me, I, I would not probably have my phone up in this moment. At least I don't think I would. And if I were in this section trying to watch the moment, I would be trying to look through all the people holding their arms up with their phones up. So I'd be looking through a sea of phones and like not even able to see the actual moment. But again, I don't know if anyone's dealing with this because I'm looking in the section. I don't see a single person that doesn't have their phone up. Except for Phil Knight. Phil Knight. Hero. Actually, somebody else probably has his phone. That's the thing. He gave it to his, the person next to him. Here, film this for me. Well, the person <laughs> next to him was LeBron's kids. Okay. And they each had their phones up, too. <laughs> and they were recording. In fact, I think there was a video the Lakers posted after of Bronny showing LeBron his video yeah. in the locker room after the fact. All right. So maybe there was some sentimental value That's in it. Just having it, I guess. cute, but, you know, kids, it is your dad. Right. You're going to have a lot of videos to look back on. Right. So he's the all-time scoring leader, which is, uh, you know. Which means everyone's going to be debating LeBron Jordan today, right? I guess so. Would it not be accurate to say the main thing people don't like about LeBron? If they had something along the way they didn't like about LeBron. And I think a lot of people have changed their tune on that. It was the constant 
nonstop from day one comparisons to Michael Jordan. It started right away, mm-hmm. right away. He is like ne- in high school, in high school, and it has never not been. Is he as good as Jordan? All the way back to his first stint with the Cavs, going to Miami, super teams. Jordan would never form a super team. Think about how long ago it was that he announced he was going to Miami. Before, that was a decade ago, before wasn't he, it? Before, yeah, before he'd won a single title and forming a super team in Miami. And the conversation at that point was all about former NBA players, NBA greats saying, I would never do that. Jordan wouldn't do that. Forming a super team is cheating. Right. Not, not like actually, but cheating your legacy. You should stay where you are. You should want the challenge. Like the conversation around super teams, I'm sure it existed before LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh all went to Miami. But that became the main story in sports for certainly for the NBA. And even anytime a team would add a player in another sport, they'd get comparisons to the to the Heat. Of course, the Warriors got that a little later on when Durant joined them. But it feels like LeBron and Wade and Bosh was the start of the super team conversation. And the, 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 the Jordan legacy stuff existed before that. And I think in the, you know... Joe, in the era of social media we live in, most of the reaction is reaction to reaction. Right. Or it's, that's not – I'm not saying he avoids it. He sometimes will lean into that conversation, but it's not him, right? He's not up on these debate shows debating himself versus Michael Jordan. No. But it, it happens. And does, ha- does he get the hate for that? No, he gets – I mean, he is – He. I think what maybe would rub some people the wrong way, this does not – for me about him, because if you earn it, I'm okay with this type of attitude and this type of mantra about yourself, is that he'll go out there, and like last night he's on TNT with Shaq and Barkley, and he's like, no, I think I'm the greatest player of all time. Like, he does lean into it. I think he even created the King James nickname. Like, I think that might rub some people the wrong way. They don't want to hear you talk about how great you are. For me, I'm okay with that when you 100% back it up. earned it and can back it up at every every moment. Like, he's backed up all the Jordan stuff, right? That, that to me, makes it even more impressive that that guy had Jordan expectations on him coming into the league as an 18-year-old out of high school, and he lived up to every single bit of what the expectation was. And probably more, right? Sure. As you're watching him at high school on ESPN, if somebody had told you that day, this guy's going to lead the NBA in history in scoring. You'd say, well, then I guess he he lived up to the hype and then some. Titles, MVPs, best player in the league, the main guy that people talk about for, are we on two decades now? He, he's oh, yeah. he's yeah. always been relevant. He's always been at the, well, whatever, the face of the league. And that's spanning multiple teams and multiple decades. And you know he's obviously an all-time great, an all-time top five, an all-time top three. For a lot of people, all-time number one. And there's definitely a case to be made. So this is one of those... I I saw you tweeting about compiler stats. Yeah, LeBron is both an all-time great and a compiler. Like, if you play that long, Brady is that too. Yeah, And that's not to diminish what they do. It's just, why is he number one? Why is Brady number one all-time in passing yards? Why is LeBron number one all-time in scoring? Because they were amazing, and they stayed forever. LeBron still playing at this level that he's playing at is a testament to, you know, whatever. His his body, his longevity, his mental state, his commitment. 
It's one thing about Brady that while I find it annoying, I can't deny that it's amazing. Right. So you have compilers that are just... Well, you guys that hang around, like Frank Gore was coming up for this. Frank Gore's a... Right. He was great once or twice, but stayed around forever and finished, what, third all-time in rushing? Right. Like, he's only third all-time in rushing because of how long he played. No one would say LeBron and Brady are only where they are all-time because of how long they played. No. I mean, well, they they are only there because they play that long, but also sure, because right. they scored a million points the right, entire like, time. Like LeBron is fifth all time in points per game in the NBA. It's not like he's fiftieth and he played five more years than anybody did, and that's why he's first all time. Yeah, I mean, he had more. Who, who the record before was Kareem? Kareem is seventeenth all time in points per game. So, if you're measuring like how much of it was the compiling, like LeBron's not on that. Brady might even be a little bit... No, I mean, you, it, to me, you can't really label someone a compiler if they're still great while they're doing the compiling. I agree. Nolan Ryan, a compiler? Sure. He played 27 years. <laughs> okay. And how... When was he like, okay, this guy's not the same anymore, but he's just hanging on to hang on? Because to me, that's when... That is when you become a compiler. When you're playing and everyone knows, all right, you're you're shot, but you're still going just because you can and who you are. That's when you're. Vince Carter came up for this for me yesterday. Vince Carter played from 2014 to 2020, six years in the NBA, not averaging eight points per game. That's a compiler. Okay, like you were hanging on just because you're Vince Carter and someone was going to give you a bench seat. Nolan Ryan, all-time strikeout king. You get there because he struck out a lot of guys <laughs> many, many, many years. But in 27 years, you know, you, you keep adding to that. He's, he's not a great example for this. His win-loss is not great, but, you know, strikeout king. Home run king, strikeout king, yeah. points leader. Like, if you look at anybody in this department, right, what you're talking about with compiler is different from all-time great that keeps playing. No one would say that Gretzky was a compiler, even though he wasn't the, the same at the end. Right. No one would say it about Ovechkin right now, who's not scoring 60 goals a game, but... He's scoring 50. He's scoring, he might get the 50 He might get year. the 50, yeah. 803-0550 to join us. Let's go to the phones, connect with our fans. John and Clarence. John, go ahead. You're on WGR. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Thanks for calling. I, I, I guess I'm just from a different era, maybe, but... As far as LeBron saying he's the greatest that's ever played, I got a real issue with that because, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I don't think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when he had the scoring title for all those years, I'm not quite sure people viewed him as the greatest basketball player of all time up to what LeBron has done. And as far as, far as that's concerned, you, there's so many players in that era – is he in the top five? Absolutely. But I, I'm still from the Michael Jordan area, era, and I always will be. I mean, in, in, a, in, in leagues of professional sports where you're judged on, unfortunately, sometimes you're judged on championships, you can't argue Brady. You can't argue uh, if you want to go to Yogi Berra, if you want to go that far back. But – I, I think I do have an issue with him saying that he could be the greatest of all time. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, to me, my first thought is, what if he's right? Is he not allowed? To say, is he the one person in the world that's not allowed to say it? If he if he if he's correct about it. And also, also, are we to believe Michael Jordan never said? Oh. I don't know this that he never said he's the greatest of all time. 
There was a funny thing that happened last week. So on February, th- <clears throat> excuse me, February third, Sports Center, ESPN aired a. They called it Michael Jordan Day because it, it was, was two three twenty three. Right, <laughs> right. And I saw someone suggest, "Hey, LeBron's about to break the scoring record. Let's make sure we dedicate a date to MJ." Uh-huh. This, this, this kind of gets to a little bit of what the fun we've had with Rodgers and Brady. We are surrounded by all-time greats and MVPs and top-caliber players needing to get the attention that they deserve. Right. The Last Dance is a documentary about the, those Bulls teams. It's Jordan. It's all Jordan. It's it's a giant commercial it, infomercial for, for Jordan, who I believe his media team like basically produced the thing. Yes. And it's all asking teammates and coaches about Michael. And, I mean, I loved it. Everything about it, it was amazing to watch go back right. in time because – I watched all those Bulls teams, and for me, that's you know probably the first era of falling in love with the NBA for me. I would have been their first title. I'm 11 when they beat the Lakers. And all right, so like, I guess if you say to, to back to your your point, John, if you say you can't argue the championships, I would say that's right. I can't argue the championships. If I'm allowed to argue the rest of it, I can make arguments for anybody. Well, that gets back to what we did last week with Brady and Manning, right? right? Accomplished versus who's the most accomplished of all time versus who was the best of all time. Because to me, those two things can be different. And if you want to talk about who the most accomplished is of all time, is it even Jordan? Because if we're just counting rings, Kareem had six rings, and Kareem won two more MVPs than Jordan did. And there are other accolades where he was higher. More points all time. So if we're just doing accomplished, why isn't it Kareem? Or why isn't it is Bill Russell at that point? It's just you're going too far back because although he won 11, it was in like black and white or wasn't even on TV. Yeah. Like if we go accomplished, then Kareem's got a case. But no one ever says that. I also think there's probably a point to be made here for the, the basketball, the big basketball fans about the change in era. Look at all the top scorers, MVPs, guys that won. For decades, it was the big men. And the game was dominated by big men through the 80s into the Jordan era. Yeah, TNT put a stat up yesterday. It was like their stats next to each other all time, LeBron and Kareem. And all of them were like right there, 20 seasons, uh, scoring titles or whatever, points was right there. And then the very last thing was (laughs) three-pointers in their career. And LeBron had like hundreds and hundreds, and Kareem had one. One three-pointer. He had all those points. He was first all time in points. He had made one three pointer for his entire career. It's a little bit like the passing, t- the passing uh, numbers in the NFL. Like, why is Patrick Mahomes going to have the most passing yards ever in a season? Well, the sport is geared that way right now. And in the NBA, for LeBron to have all those threes and for Kareem to have one three pointer, yeah, he played in an era where points were worth more. LeBron did. And, you know, not exactly like Kareem was going to score on the inside. But, yeah, the big man game that shifted with the creation of the three-point arc. And look where the game is now. I mean, these teams take three-pointers at a level that seems to go up every single year. You get 45 three-point attempts from a team in a game. LeBron's draining threes last night. It's not to take anything away from him. I mean, Steph Curry's one of my favorite players ever to watch in this league. But, yeah, it, it adds context. So, you know, you want to talk greatest ever. If you want to talk across eras... You do have to constantly make these little notes like, well, yeah. uh, this guy didn't have the ability to even hit a three-pointer. This guy played in the era of the big man's game. This guy played for Ovechkin versus Gretzky. Ovechkin played when defensemen knew what to do. Goal- goalies, <laughs> goalies knew what to do. Goalies yeah. knew what to do. Coaching systems existed to just prevent goals the entire time. Yeah. 
2,237 three-pointers. <laughs> to one. Kareem has approximately 4,000 more baskets that aren't threes. Yeah. So that's a big number. And two th- about 2,000 more just baskets yeah. in general. Yep. 2,000 more baskets that went in. But LeBron gets the ones that are worth a little bit more. Again, it's context. Context everywhere. Dead ball era in baseball versus steroid era versus yeah. right well, right now we're in an era where strikeouts are up, right? Because pitchers are coming in fresher and you know like they've just these leagues evolve over time and Brady comes along at the time when passing explodes and you can't touch the quarterback and you can't reroute receivers and he's built perfectly for that kind of thing. I'll hear uh hand check a lot when people are talking Jordan versus LeBron. Yep. Right, the hand check and how different that is between the two, which is why I think you just kind of got to boil down and look at who was better at what. And like go go by production too, but not get so hung up on just one simple number of how many rings they have. Yeah, it is. There's kinda, more than that. It, it is. I'm not one to do that either. When and also, re- and like actually, so one thing you'll hear about, like I, I've I've heard Kareem get brought up in this conversation of okay, if we're just ring counting, why isn't Kareem above LeBron? And then someone will very quickly mention the finals record, six and zero for Jordan. Kareem was maybe like six and four, and LeBron is four and five, and. That is the one part of this argument that will always get to me the most because it it basically assumes that in this debate, it is better for the player to lose in the conference finals than it is to lose in the right. finals. You're punishing LeBron because he didn't lose earlier in playoff series. Like as if he would be ranked higher or would be closer to Jordan had he been four and zero instead of four and five. Yeah. They he dragged Eastern Conference teams that didn't belong to the finals. He dragged them there. And then lost in the finals, and it's like, oh, well, you lost in the finals. <laughs> right. Which is a very, right, it's a very strange way to do it. 803-0550, we'll get a quick break in. Your calls can, you know, dial us up. 803-0550, it's Jeremy and Joe. we got open phone lines for you. We'll keep talking about this, of course. LeBron, the all-time leading scorer. I want to get to, I saw your tweet about all-time compilers. And mm-hmm. when, when that comes up, I have a name right away right away that comes to mind, and I did see it in the replies. One of the people writing back to you did mention this name. So we'll get to some of those names. The all-time compilers, guys who, not LeBron, not Brady, not that kind of thing because they're all-time greats who also compiled many, 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 many seasons. But just the guys that were just okay and hung hung around long enough to have the appearance of greatness. I think that's what you're going for here, right? Yep. The compilers. Yep. I've got a name for you. 803-0550 to join us on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, you know, I'm going to let everybody else, uh, you know, decide who that is or just talk about it. But it's great. It's great barbershop uh, talk. You know, oh, for no, me, I, I, I want to hear you say listen, it, Listen, big fella, Brown. listen, big fella. I, I, I want to hear you say it, Bron, Bron. Me personally, it, Bron. I, I, me personally say it you know, with I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game. Um, you know, but everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to, you know, decide who they who, who their favorite is. But um, I know what I've brought to the table. I know what I bring to the table every single night and, and what I can what I can do out on this floor. So Good for Shaq there, pushing him. Say it. Right, he wanted him to say. He did say it. Yes, he did. Love Shaq. LeBron James, all-time leading scorer in NBA history. 803-0550 to join us. Joe was tweeting last night about, good morning, it's Jeremy and Joe, Howard's off today, about compilers, the all-time compilers. Mm-hmm. Did did this, is this what brought it up? Um, Not the idea that, you know, being number one all-time is just a matter of being average for long enough. Vinny Testaverde is a compiler. He's like top 10 passing yards yeah. and was never great. Was it this LeBron chase of the record that we, kind of made you think about it? We were talking about, on the extra point, I said, I think both LeBron and Brady playing this long, this well. And then it just kind of came up. And the, the guys we were talking about were definitely not them, though. Right. Because like, we were going for like what you're talking about. Vinny Testaverde is perfect. Like He might be in the running for the greatest compiler of all time. And for that, I would think, like greatest compiler ever, you got to be... You got to be either an average player or you had to play a lot of years at the end where you were average to below average. Like LeBron's playing too well to be in. He's he's number 1 in the league in scoring this year. And Brady threw for 5000 yards and won a Super Bowl like in the last 2 years. So they they're too good for it. Testaverde's good though. Yeah, he's way up there in passing numbers. He played till like 2004, <laughs> 2005. Yeah. So, he's good. Uh, who else came up? I mentioned Vince Carter came up. 
hockey players. Dave Andrewchuk got mentioned a lot by people, although I didn't go and look at his numbers because that one's tough. Like, do you, I like Gore for this because Gore was good. What one or two, you mentioned one or two years his entire career? Like, he, great. He had great. a couple of a couple of very strong years and not that many. Yeah, Andrewchuk was great for fifteen years and then ten years of okay. Look at 18 points, 39 points, 34, 38, 33, 28. Like, the guy was hung on forever at the end. Like, that. that's that's good. That's your compiler? I need at least five years of you're not really that good, but you're just still in the league because of your namesake. I'm actually following up on Testaverde. This is kind of interesting, at least to me. I, I said to you, he's like eighth all-time in passing. Not, yeah. not anymore. He's down to 16th because <laughs> of the era. Right. Passing him. Matthew Stafford, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Manning, Breeze, and Brady all passed him. Of course, you know, Warren Moon, John Elway there as well. Is Philip Rivers a compiler? He is sixth all-time in passing yards. He doesn't spring to mind for me. Wasn't he he too good? Too good? Wasn't he even good at the end? How about Peyton Manning or Eli Manning? Tenth all time in passing. Games. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. He was bad the last five years. Yeah, like bad. I'll go Eli over Rivers for sure. Um, Maybe neither one of those is a great example, but I'm not a baseball fan. But I got a lot of Jamie Moyer yesterday. <laughs> wow. Did he play till he was fifty? Yeah, he or played something? for a long, long time. And there was a lot of Yager. Yager. Y- actually, you know what? That is what sparked this. Yager. Yager. Not last night, but the night before broke Gretzky's record for the most goals in professional hockey ever. So NHL plus any other form of professional hockey, he scored like his 1,100th goal. And he's 51 years old, and he's still playing in in, in Czechia. So Yager, I think, was the spark. But even him, like, I didn't want to really put him into that because he was bad, I think, his last year in the NHL. But the year before, the guy had like 65 points. It's like a 45-year-old. Like you're, to me, you gotta be, you gotta be well below that if you're gonna qualify for this. Does Fitzpatrick fit in this category? Not really. Hmm. No one thinks he's good. I think what you're going for is someone that is not as good as people think because it was just about the longevity. That's yeah, that's right. That's and, what I'm going for. And for Fitz, I don't think anybody would put him as like that good. Right. I mean, he's got star power, but that's more about his personality anyway yeah. right that's the then of his play my name for this when i saw your tweet about it like the all-time compilers and it's part of this is are you prepared to defend it or is it just a knee-jerk reaction my knee-jerk reaction for this every time is curtis martin curtis martin i couldn't believe curtis martin made the hall of fame as quickly as he did or even that he made it he was like a second ballot guy i couldn't believe it curtis martin was a volume running back whose whose yards per carry for his career was four <laughs> That's it. Eddie, <laughs> another compiler, Eddie George. Uh-huh. Had fights on the air about Eddie George. Eddie George's career yards per carry is terrible. He yeah. just handed him the ball a million times. So it's like, well, look at all those thousand-yard seasons. I got a lot of Emmett Smith yesterday on Twitter, I too. Mean, Emmett was amazing. Uh, Emmett, Emmett averaged 4.2 for his career. But, he, but maybe what's hurting him is these last four years. I mean, well, he averaged 2.8 in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Emmett is always, if you talk about Emmett Smith, people take it away from him, the credit, because his line was so great. That's what they say. Okay. That well, his- we got to credit someone, because I'm taking it away from Aikman, because he never had to throw the football. You can't take it away from Aikman and Emmett, I don't think. 
Unless that line was just literally like five gig Godzillas out there stopping everybody. Curtis Martin, yeah, four you... yards per carry for his career. Yeah. He did have, I mean, well, right, I gotta, I gotta not just look at the volume stats because I just, ooh, 1,700 yards. But you gotta look at the yards per carry number next to it. I've got two names here on the compiler conversation. Uh-huh. One baseball, great, and actually a stat about LeBron for this, but first let's get another call in here. Jerry in Kenmore. Jerry, you are up on WGR. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. I got two compilers for you before I get to my main point. Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre. He had 500 home runs. (laughs) Really? And then, yeah. And, um, you know, as a hockey guy, I'm not sure he's necessarily a compiler, but I think he's a guy that got just way too much credit, and that's Marty Berdur. He was never in the top ten of almost any category any year. He was Love it. He was a system goalie that won Stanley Cups and Love it. was popular on Team Canada. Um, yeah, Verdure was below average. Um, this generational thing, you know, uh, I'm slightly older than you guys. You know, uh, not a huge basketball fan, but I'll always argue Jordan. One of the things that I think that my generation holds against this generation is this whole mentality of, Hey, I want to play with my friends and win all kinds of championships. Could you imagine Larry Bird and Magic Johnson going, you know, I want to end up in Chicago and, and play with Jordan and just dominate the league. And, and, and you know what? It transcends into youth sports. You don't know how many kids want to play with their friends. And that's the evolution of like travel ball and travel hockey. I love playing Little League against my friends. I loved a game tonight when I was playing against my best friend, not as a teammate all the time. Uh, I, I think that's radically I, – I, the jumping around to teams, uh, uh, it's about the money, it's about, you know, building these these dynasty teams that never happened before. I mean, I hear you. I will say it's not like it never happened back then, right? Like Scottie Pippen and Hakeem Olajuwon and Charles Barkley all got together in Houston, like the former super team. And I don't think it necessarily worked, but right. they tried that. I mean, is it is it that, oh, they just want to play with their friends? Or is it that players have always wanted to play with their friends, and now the players just recognize that they have the power to force that to happen? And that, then they didn't. It was just the way it was, and they didn't want to go out on a limb and be the guy that was anti-team and force his way out. Now the players know how much power they they wield, and they're willing to do it. Yeah, that's a part of it. I'll say, you know, when Howard's not here, I'm the old guy on the show, and you're the younger guy. You're the guy who's seen Michael Jordan play basketball. Yeah, yeah. Any take about, here's why my generation is better than the other generation. <laughs> I don't have any time for me. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I'm eventually going to be that guy that's like, I'll tell you what's wrong with the kids these days. We did open the show complaining about everyone having their phones out. But we have phones. Right. Okay, right. And the point we made was, I'm not even sure any of those people are younger than me. Right. Right. So it's not saying kids today have their phones out, and I am also on my phone all the time. Yeah. I mean, you called to tell me that, like, there's the thing with kids these days. I mean, I just don't have much time for it. The super team point... Everybody loved to make that point. This, you sound like Trent Dilfer saying Tom Brady and Aaron mm. Rodgers don't impress him. A thing that happened this week. Mm-hmm. Trent Dilfer yeah. said Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers do not impress him with the things that they do because the game is too easy to play now. 
Right. It's like old old guys saying the, the this sport is so soft and concussions just went up, guys. Like yeah. If you're calling to say my generation was better than the the one that came after it, I just got to roll my eyes. And I really got to hope that I don't be, I don't do that. I'm maybe I will someday. <laughs> maybe it's just an, a natural thing you do, but and by the way, the super team thing, it doesn't have to be like I think that point is being brought up because it's a criticism of LeBron being mentioned next to Jordan, well, right? And it is. He was the he wasn't he won championships in Miami by forming a super team. He also was the victim of Kevin Durant going to Golden State and basically not being and in it for two years because the Warriors just were not going to lose to anybody. Let's not pretend like those Celtics teams weren't super teams or like the Lakers weren't super teams. The, right, the Lakers have done this actually for 50 years. It, right. Kareem the, wasn't a Laker the, at the beginning. The, is the only difference that it's okay if a GM puts it together rather than a player puts it together? Right. That's the only like difference, had, right? You had dominant teams back then. The Oilers of the 80s were a super team. It was, yeah. it, that's okay, though? Those super teams are okay? Right. We're only mad about it I mean, when if, the players decide to do it. If if you hold that belief, shouldn't those players demand to get off that team because they don't want to be a part of a super team? Of course not. Like. I don't know. It's a tough. I think it's just a tough ask to be mad about players wanting to play, and like you're mad at kids wanting to well, play with their friends. Right. Ah, I'm not around youth sports yet. Give me five years for my kids to get into youth sports. Maybe I will have these same complaints. Maybe I will. But you, it's your job, Joe. Tell me that I sound <laughs> like yes. I'm, I'm. I'm the older generation blaming the younger generation, which is a tale as old as time. LeBron also, by the way, he spent four years in Miami. Is that the only time he really got built a super team on his own? I mean, he got Kyrie. But Kyrie was already there, it's and he right. was, like, up and he coming, got, but he wasn't, yeah, like, a superstar that, yet. That's right, right. Kyrie, Kevin Love, like, are those super teams? No. No, like, the only super team he really ever built on his own was Miami. That's four of his 20 years. Of Four of his 20 years, I think you could... Is the only case you can make for, oh, he only won titles there because he just got together with his friends. And you're right. It all ends up being, it's important that you win titles, but not like that. Right. You <laughs> got to do it the right way. You got to do it, but not that like, does, does Brady, Brady, you can't argue Brady and all his titles. Do, do I get to point out how many number top 10 defenses he had? Yeah. Did he have the best coach of all time? That's a conversation, a different one. You know, I get it. I get it. Thanks, Jerry, for the phone call. I do have time for listening to Marty Broder being a system goaltender, by the way. <laughs> I'll listen to that every day. 803-0550. Got to get you some of these, uh, these, these other names. More of your calls as well. Dylan Cousins' contract talk coming up top of the hour. Cousins on a new seven-year deal. Uh, we'll talk to Paul Hamilton about that. And if you're on hold, stick with us. More of your, more of your calls here on WGR. Yeah, it's a real thing, 100%. And that's why I think it's going to be important... Um, to get through this week and then to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then, uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is, is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then, uh, and then move forward. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to a four-day darkness retreat. It's like sensory deprivation or something like that. I'll, I'll get more details on it. Um, He's just going to watch the Ralph Kruger Sabres for uh, 48 hours straight. The thing I wonder, can you imagine what it would be like to have four days and not hear about Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) I I just don't don't know if we're ready for that. Is he prepared to do that? Is he going to schedule tweets 
schedule news dumps. Sure. How could he sure stay, he is. How could he possibly stay out of the, the public minds for four days? Is, is he going to give like live updates? Is there going to be like a, a Rogers cam <laughs> in the, the darkness isolation? How is Brady going to top this, though, is the real question. Yeah, he's got to, he's got work to do. He really Rogers stepped up his game with darkness retreat. I didn't think underwear ad on Twitter could be topped, but this is pretty good. What if I told you I searched darkness retreat on Google and I've got the list of the ten best darkness retreats? So this is like a this is like a normal thing I, that you could just get. Sure, could I book one for today? Um, could I have a darkness retreat today? I don't know. Yes, you, you just probably one within driving distance. Yeah. We'll tell you more about a darkness retreat. And he said he's making his decision like immediately after or soon after. Yes. And his decision is what though? Just retirement or come coming back? Like, because the Packers still have to work out a trade if he's playing. He also said yesterday on the Pat McAfee show that he would not care, or in fact, would not run from the idea that he would be in the same Hall of Fame class as Tom Brady. I do not believe him on that, though. I think he's going to want his own his own little celebration and not share the stage for sure with Brady, unless unless he thinks retiring now would annoy Brady. <laughs> like well, a, a game of chicken. Like, hey, you you don't want me on the stage? Why don't you come back and play another year? Yeah, they're probably trying to figure out who's going to who's going to come back. I'm going to take 2026. He, if you don't want to be on the stage with me, then you go back and play another year. He's not going to retire. I think I think Rogers wants to scratch an itch to play somewhere else. That's what I would guess. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Dave and Kenmore. We'll get a call in quick. Dave, go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. I got a I got a bit of a triple threat for you. I got the man, the greatest, the goat, and the compiler. Okay. So this is gonna blow your heads, and nobody's gonna really like it, but that's okay. Muhammad Ali is is a, what a what. He was the man in boxing. Okay. He was definitely the goat in boxing. And at the end of his career, his rope-a-dope was just a compiler. He just stayed in there and took hits and you know, just compiled those, those bouts and those wins and really didn't do much at the end of his career. So I think it, it's a triple threat. There's one – thanks, Dave. we got to get to a break. There's one very important distinction or, or – asterisk to the idea that Ali did that. He lost three years of his prime. Right. Because he wouldn't go to like he wouldn't, he wouldn't go to war. To, he went he to wouldn't prison. go to Vietnam. He so like that's what Ted Williams went to war. Like that's yeah. a bit tough. I mean Ali won back the title. He had some of the greatest fights in history, of course, some of the most iconic fights in history, and lost he had the, the, the title stripped from him in his prime. He had to win it back. He at the time, he didn't lose it. So, and at the end, as boxing generally goes, I don't know. Not many guys hang on in boxing. It goes south fast. Uh, also, though, so the one thing I'd want to push back on there is the idea that his rope-a-dope technique was like him kind of hanging on at the end. He did that very strategically against George Foreman in Zaire um, to win the title in 1974. He won 10, he defended the title 10 times after that and won all 10, including wins over all-time greats like Joe Frazier and Ken Norton. Knockouts? 
Um, like how many knockouts? Four of them look like knockouts, they were knockouts. A lot of, of TKOs. The, of the ten. Some decisions. Yeah. So it wasn't like he invented rope-a-dope and like, oh, this is kind of the end. He invented rope-a-dope. I'm not even sure he did it every fight or if he just did it against Foreman. He won ten more times. And then, like five years later, he started. He started losing at the end. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Let's get Steve in quickly. Steve wants to squeeze in from Pittsburgh. Steve, go ahead. Hey guys, Th- thanks for taking my call. Um, just wanted to talk about the all-time greats. Basically, you know, you talk about the eras, and what it comes down to is doing anything and everything to win, especially in team sports. So, you know, whether it's passing for more yards now, or you know, what have you. Bottom line is, everybody's trying to win and chase those rings. So I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's almost like sometimes the, the conversation doesn't know what it wants, right? You want rings. Oh, but if you go get a ring, it's got to be the right way or the ring doesn't count. And you've pointed out that the rings, when you get to the championship and then you lose, that's bad for your overall record. Right. Like, I, I think it is actually one of the reasons I told Howard was here yesterday. I might root for the Chiefs. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know till the game. Because I don't want any nonsense about how Mahomes is one and two in Super Bowls. I really, oh I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. want any part of that. That would be stupid, and it would happen the day after. It would happen the minute after they lose. Yeah, sure, he's great, but he's one and two in Super Bowls. I mean, come on, right? And that's a strange place to be to actively root for a team because I'm rooting against the narrative that it doesn't even exist yet. Is that why you're rooting for the Chiefs? I think so. Yeah. You don't want the narrative. I don't want the nonsense about how Mahomes is one and two. Like it's some sort of mark against him. Right. Yeah, I don't want it. (laughs) I know. It's dumb. But that's where I'm at. At least that's where I'm at on Wednesday. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I might shift allegiance. You know how it goes. You turn the game on, who am I rooting for? I don't know. Two plays in, you find yourself fist bumping. Like, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing. Paul Hamilton, we're late to a break. What else is new? Paul's coming up. We'll talk to him about the Dylan Cousins contract. Credit where it's due for one thing about Paul's predictions when it comes to Cousins. Coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.